Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Sunday to you all as we are back here once again, recapping the 2023 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view going down live from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, as the road to WrestleMania continues. We are six weeks away from the biggest show of the year, two nights in a row in L.A., Inglewood to be exact, SoFi Stadium, to kick off WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right-hand man, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner, who's trying to find himself on NXT. I bring to you at least once a month or maybe twice a month, depending on his mood, every single time we do a PLE review. I bring to you, as always, Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you, regardless of my mood. Perky, pissed off, tipsy, you know, emotional, upset, <laughs> mad. It's always a pleasure to chop it up. And, you know, after after hearing the crowd in Montreal and feeling that energy, how could I not be perky? It was a great atmosphere last night, and this was a very above-average PLE by WWE, the last major show before WrestleMania. I thought it was a really fun show. Did not overstay as welcome. Ended right on time. And, you know, I felt good about the show as well. And the fact I survived the worst Sunday of my life last week because of you made this show worth enduring as well. You know, a couple things. First off, (laughs) (laughs) first off. You brought that on yourself, okay? You felt real confident about what was going on. You were like, yeah, you know what? I'll take a chance. I'll take a chance. You know, I'll bet on my Warriors. But the, the problem is you bet on your Warriors against the King, against the greatest scorer of all time. And that, that's a problem. Um, shout out to LA. Shout out to the Lakers. Uh, shout out to you, Keela. You know, you held up your end of the bargain. If you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, just go and check Keela's timeline a few days ago or last week at this point, actually. Um, she shows some love to The Miz, well-deserved, uh, to the GOAT, GOAT James. Uh, it, was, it was a great day for me. I got to see all of her. And let me tell you, my co-host, my, my, my Captain O'Captain, has a hell of a following when it comes to the GH. Uh, the GH people came out because they were worried about their leader uh, because uh, – they, they didn't know who this Miz guy was because he was taking over <laughs> the GH spaces and they were worried. Listen, I had to pull out the alarm system <laughs> on my Twitter account to say alert, alert, alert. I have not been hacked. I'm only going to be doing this for 24 hours and people legit did not know who I was at some point. So I blame you for that. And trust and believe the GH people know you. I talk about you all the time <laughs> to them and they are aware of the inside jokes about Sprina. So you know what's happening next week because you see the tag all the time. So we'll talk about it a little bit. But yeah, Scott made me support The Miz and LeBron James at the same time for 24 hours. I tagged him every four hours with praise of affirmation of begrudged love for two people that I respect to a point and I survived. And my GH peeps helped me get through it somehow, some way. Hey, shout out to you. Shout out to your following. I, I know now to be very careful. And maybe I need to put out a, a tweet too. Hey, just letting y'all know, Keela made a bet. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. It's okay. But uh, I, it was, it's been a good week. But in great way to cap it off. <sighs> if you say so. 
I made it through. That's all that matters. But I will say that I did have fun praising the Miz a little bit because he is overachieved in life. And he did hit that half course shot during the Celebrity All-Star Game. So you get props for him shooting beyond the Ruffles line. As, this was for you. He, you could either say he Trey Young did or he Steph Curry did. You know, I'll let you decide, Keela, which one you want to go with. Because I suffered last week, I'm saying he Steph Curry that shit. So congratulations, <laughs> Miz. You know what it's like to be a goat. And Scott, I have to say, excuse you. Okay, so you lied to the people about the true nature of how the Lakers won. The goat did not play last Saturday. He was on the bench riding the pine in the street clothes. So for you to even so for you to even fix your lips to attribute the victory to him is the levels of trying it that I will oh. not let you get through because you almost hoodwinked the people saying that they went against a goat. No, they did not. Okay. Listen, a <laughs> couple things, a couple things. If I could, if I could give LeBron a couple extra wins on his on his docket, I'm gonna give it to him. Okay. If you was gonna let it slide, I was gonna let it ride too. Absolutely not. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You thought I was caught slipping? No. He did not play last Saturday. You tried it, and you almost got away with it. Like Dom almost got away with that check for Valentine's Day, but the informants were looking for him, and he ran. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not quite like Dom, so I'm still, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to take that L. I'm going to take it on the chin. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did try. Shout out to Brian. He'll be playing next time, though. Try to pad that resume. You tried it just to add insult to injury, but I caught you in the nick of time. Almost finessed it, too, but I don't blame you. As we briefly check into the Western Conference standings for this week, it is All-Star Weekend. It is the All-Star break, but things have not changed very much for the Lakers. They're still in 13th place, 27-32. and 32. They're four and six in their last 10 winning streak of one, though. Credit to them. The Warriors are straight up 29 and 29 in the ninth spot playing position 500 on a five and five last 10 game streak. Ugh, very average and losing their last game before the All-Star break. So we need to get our shit together heading into the last stretch of the regular season for both of our teams, Scott. Yeah, I, I really like the moves that we made um, as far as the Lakers go. I, I think Vanderbilt is really going to make a huge difference for us. You know, he's not going to be the flashiest or the most talked about person, but that guy defensively, uh, the way he played Ingram against the, the Pelicans, just his defense overall, his help defense. He's got good size. He's super athletic. I think he's going to be a difference maker. D'Angelo Russell's already paying off. I don't know what AD's doing. I mean, he's great defensively, but his offense is just not there for me, not where it should be. But I really like the moves we made. And let me tell you, not a Warriors fan, but Kevin Love would be a really nice addition for y'all too. You know what? I agree with you. He'll be a nice fit if they can make the move because I think they're going to try to get him out of Cleveland ASAP. I'm here for that. Make some last-minute adjustments to make the team better. I don't like our chances this year in all honesty, but you know, you never know in the NBA things can change in a dime, but I just want us in a decent position heading into the postseason. Playing is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Lakers move on up as well. Cause if you go on a five game winning streak, you could be in the top eight in a week. We go on a five game winning streak. We might mess around and have home court advantage in the first round. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's not be lofty now. Let's not think. Those kind of expectations, okay? Let's mellow out. Just get in the plan. I climb three I spots. 
Okay. Now we've done enough talk, eight minutes of NBA discussion on this show, but it was a lot of fun, you know, a little GH, a little NBA as we dive into the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, the last major show before WrestleMania, six weeks out until the granddaddy of them all. And I thought this was a very good show. And I know some people are very upset about the main event. I am not one of those people. I had an end game in mind dating back to the summer of last year on this very show. So my bet for Sami Zayn's future is still sitting pretty. But Scott, your overall vibe from last night's show from a very hot crowd that was into the action from start to finish. I honestly thought it was a really, really good show. Um, outside of one match, I think every match delivered and quite honestly over-delivered. I, I mean, I, I don't think you could really ask for much more out of the very last show before WrestleMania. This is an excellent, excellent show. It was a great way to set the table for the next six weeks of television for WWE. And this was a really strong show with one exception, which we'll get to momentarily. But let's kick things off with the women's elimination chamber match involving Natalia, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Carmella, and Asuka. And the winner will face Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania night one or two from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And I thought this was a very good match. And I want to shout out Natty and her hair. I like the shortcut. And dare I say, it's given her a bit of spark and personality, Scott, and a more aggressive in-ring style as well. Well, I'm sure having that that uh, that pop that she got and having that crowd behind her was definitely a nice little energy boost as well. But yeah, the hair looked good. You know, she took a minute from uh, thirst trapping everybody on the Instagram to come wrestle for us, so that was good as well. Uh, she, but I, I thought she did. I thought she did really good in the match. Um, I thought she stood out in a good way. This, I, I don't. I mean, this was probably her best. At least for me, this might have been her best match since she faced Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, but four years ago. Ooh, you might be right. This was probably her best performance in a while. I loved her and Liv working together. And you know, I dragged Natty last year because she tried some things on SmackDown when I said, take a vacation if you don't feel like working. But they worked really well last night. Liv Morgan, once again, was a standout. And I got irritated when she got eliminated, which I'll get to shortly. But Raquel Rodriguez came in next. And I thought she did a good job in this match as well. The Nikki Cross, her crazy ass, she gets in there next. And she's a wild child. I love her energy. And the switch up has been very good for her. A highlight was actually Nikki climbing on top of the pod and delivering a crazy crossbody onto Natty, Liv, and Raquel in a great spot. Real quick, I just wanted to touch on one thing. Uh, one thing that did get, I thought, got old really quick, probably after the first two people came out. How come during the entrances, every single person that came out had to make like some funny face and then slap the pod with every single person that was already in the pod? Like literally every, like, I was like, all right, I get it. We got it. I got it. I got it. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up Liv. I thought Liv had another really good show. And this is two showings where she is open the match and put on really impressive, uh, not quite start to finish, but just really impressive showings throughout the match. So I'm glad you brought up Liv as well. I'm going to tell you somebody else who really stood out when they, whenever they get in the match was Carmella, but we'll get to her in a minute. Raquel, I thought she did good as well. Nikki Cross, to me, she just was kind of the odd woman out. She was just kind of there for me. 
She was. But if she played her beats perfectly for what she had to do. And I thought that Natty and Liv did some great double team moves on Raquel in particular. The sunset flip out of the slam when Raquel had both of them up was pretty nice. And the double DDT into a code breaker was pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. So I love those spots in the match. And Carmella gets in there. And I love, and I love Carmella. She is very entertaining. Love the brunette look once again. And she was trying to duck and dodge, trying to get back in the pod. And I was laughing because she was just such a chicken shit heel with her biased husband on commentary. But Raquel dragged Carmella out to play eventually. And this would lead to Raquel spearing or tackling Nikki Cross through her pod and eliminating her a short time later. Let me tell you something. If Carmella could wrestle, like, and I, I don't think she's a terrible or a bad wrestler, but if she was like a really good wrestler, she would be on top of the division because her personality and like just like when she's when she's on the screen, like you pay attention to her. And I, I thought she was great in this match. I thought she played her role to perfection. Uh, she would slither in, hit a big move, roll back out or get taken out, come in for quick pins. She was just always around at the right time, always talking smack to everybody. Like her personality really showed through in this match where her in ring might not have. So I, I thought she really stood out in a good way. I thought so too. She was really good in this match. And, you know, she has her moments in the ring where she's really good and other moments and not so much. But in terms of personality and charisma, she's got that in every single way, including bias commentary from her husband. Oscar <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> gets in there last and she's just a wrecking ball, tearing shit up. And this new persona the Kana brought to WWE, the insane clown that is Oscar, has been great to see. And <laughs> I was following this thread on Twitter from a fan that's not really a fan but they watch wrestling every month and they have this very unique commentary on certain people and excuse my language from from what I'm about to say but they described Asuka as insane clown pussy (laughs) so they they still sticking with the ICP huh (laughs) <laughs> still sticking with the icp i see yes and i laughed my ass off so shout out to aaron she's on twitter and she live treats these shows all the time and these nicknames for people calling the judgment day the coven like i love non-fans that watch wrestling to give nicknames to people that we should know and we can figure it out but yes oscar has a very special name the icp is alive and well I, I the ICP of the WWE might stick around. That might stick here on the wrap. I'm just throwing that out there. We have to trademark that and give Aaron credit. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Have, have to commission that. But I love that nickname because it was accurate on this particular night. Another highlight was Liv Morgan. As we mentioned earlier, she delivers from the pod a sunset flip powerbomb to Raquel Rodriguez. And I fucking popped. I, I, it was really well timed, nice spot, and again, that worked well. And then here comes Carmella slithering right in like the heel she is, trying to sneak a pin and a nice kick out for Raquel too. You know, we talk about reactions. Raquel got a really nice reaction as well tonight. So it, this was a really good match, and I think it was smart to put them on first. And one thing I I, I want to talk about with the women is that sometimes with these matches, I feel like, and with the men's matches too, I feel like like chamber and 
multi-person matches, they just overstay their welcome. And that's just not women, but the men too, they just overstay their welcome. I thought this women's match was almost perfectly timed and paced. There was no dull moments, constant action. There wasn't a ton of big spots, but the big spots meant something when they happened like that one. And it stands out in a good way. Agreed. And then Liv was hitting cold breakers or cold reds, according to Michael Cole on Oscar. And Cole was you know, off all night when it comes to moves. Yeah, he was on one in the beginning. Like, that is not a code red. That is a code breaker, okay? Then he forgot that <laughs> Nikki got pinned. Like, sir, that was one, two, three. But he got better as the night went on, and he fired a shot of shot to somebody from Jacksonville, which we'll get to <laughs> shortly, because he was on one when he got back on track. But the thing that irritated me was actually Liv Morgan's elimination from this match. And it was a double submission by Natalia and Asuka. And you can tell the fans were not ready for it when Liv gave up or passed out. And that kind of let the air out the room for a little bit. So I think sometimes WWE underestimates how popular Liv is. And I wanted, honestly speaking, Liv and Asuka to be the final two to fight it out for WrestleMania. Well, I, I think there's a story there with Liv. I mean, especially with Liv being the, the the first runner, the runner up in the Royal Rumble. There's a story there with Liv being the final entrant against Asuka, the person that she's taken two pinfall losses to in the last two weeks. Like she took, I think, or maybe maybe it was la- this last week, but she got beaten the six man, then she got beaten the singles match, or six woman, then she got beaten the singles match. So there's a story there that would have been a nice thread that you tell with can she do it here because, you know, you're like, she just came up short. Maybe she finishes it off here. She's got the most experience in the chamber. They were hammering that home. So I think there's something there that they could have told. And I'm with you. I Liv Morgan's not my favorite, but there's no denying the connection that she has with the crowd. And she's definitely gotten better in the ring. She put on a great show tonight. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think her and Asuka is the final two would have been a much better showing than Carmella and Asuka. I just, I don't think anybody's buying Carmella and Bianca at WrestleMania, even though there is a story there with Carmella never really getting her shot at SummerSlam, so she gets it at WrestleMania. But yeah, I'm with you on the Liv Morgan thing. Yeah, I think in terms of heat and excitement, that would have been the better final two. And I was like, oh, the fans are kind of out of the match now. And then even they get out of it even more when Carmella eliminates Italia with a super kick. And then we get the double team of Carmella and Asuka working together to eliminate Raquel Rodriguez with strikes and kicks. And they whip her ass and double pin her, which was very interesting. And then it's down to Carmella and Asuka. And as we mentioned earlier, this was not my ideal top two. I would prefer Asuka and Liv, but for what we got, it was pretty good. And Carmella did try to put up a fight, but eventually Asuka locks in. Her rings are set in submission, and she makes Carmella verbally submit to punch her ticket to WrestleMania, where she will face Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. And I am really looking forward to a singles match that was denied to us last summer because WWE had to shoe on Becky Lynch into the match at Money in the Bank, or I should say Hell in a Cell, which was very good. But the money to me, the original matchup that made more sense at the time was Bianca Belair and Asuka. Now we get it at the biggest show of the year. Yeah, I think Carmella had three eliminations in this match too, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, the only thing I would say about this Asuka gimmick, because I think the gimmick is great in and of itself, and I thought the reaction she got at the Royal Rumble was perfect. I don't think people fear her as much as they should when she has this face paint on. 
And also, I don't think she should be when she shows up on Raw. She shouldn't be wearing. I just that's just me. I don't think this is something she should be showing every time. This should be a hey, I'm in a big match. I need to pull this persona out. Here I am, and that. But you know, I, I and if she's not, then I feel like there should be a little bit more fear shown from some of the women when they come up against her. Like they walking up to her pot, like yo, I can't wait to come fight the ICP or the WWE. I'm like, it shouldn't be like that. They should be like. Man, I'm a little hesitant. Like, Carmella should be hesitant to go face Asuka. She shouldn't be this bullish walking up on her, puffing her chest out. Like, that's the only thing I, I would do differently with the, with the Asuka character, especially going against a monster like Bianca. Agreed. Remember a few weeks ago, it was maybe the night after the Warrior Rumble, and Asuka was looking clean in that outfit, and the makeup right, was kind of right. reduced, but then she had like the mist pouring out of her mouth. I love that look, because that was sleek as hell, and she looked great. So if she brings that to TV heading into WrestleMania, and kind of keep the clown makeup at home until the big show, that makes more sense to me, because as you said, you want that makeup to be special for WrestleMania to really drive fear, but I think the fear is going to come with Bianca Belair realizing this is not the Oscar I was up against last summer. This is someone completely different. And this will also unlock something in Bianca Belair we haven't seen before, which might perhaps, which is scary to think about, bring out her finest WrestleMania performance to date against a non-horse woman. Well, that's my biggest concern is what are Becky Lynch and Bailey doing? I really hope we don't get a, a four-way because um, that's still a possibility when you got two of the biggest women in the division with nothing to do so far. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. I think her versus Bianca is going to be very good, especially with uh, Asuka having this new persona. She seems to have a little bit more energy to her right now too, as well. Um, the crowd is reacting to her very friendly, very fondly. Uh, she's incredibly popular and Bianca, uh, she's, she's a, Two for two at WrestleMania in my book as far as having great matches. So I look forward to this one as well. Me too. The buildup is going to be very interesting. I see how WWE plays it in the weeks to come. But Scott, your final score on your salty tier scale for this opening match for the Elimination Chamber. Man, I, I thought everybody played their part perfectly. I, I thought I really enjoyed this match. Didn't overstay its welcome. I'm giving it four tiers. Ooh, high score. I am going to give this match three and a half tiers. It would have got four, if not for the Liv Morgan elimination when it happened. But I thought everybody worked really hard. And I love the fact that the ladies were over in this match, that the fans showed proper respect and love to Raquel, Liv, Natty, Nikki, Mella, Asuka, everybody was over in this match, which I greatly appreciated. It was really laid out nicely and it did not overstay as welcome. Every spot counted for something and I enjoyed the match. A great way to kick off a very good show. As we segue to our first WrestleMania trailer of the year as we go Hollywood. And it was a funny one. It was Seth Rollins channeling Joaquin Phoenix's Joker right down to the dance on the stairs, the makeup, and then Becky Lynch comes through as Christian Bale Batman with the really, really deep, smoky voice. And I got my life. This is Couple Goes, and I love the fact that we are doing the spoof trailers heading into WrestleMania. I saw more at the end of the pay-per-view last night. I cannot wait to see all the trailers on WWE TV over the next few weeks because I love the Hollywood spoofs heading into WrestleMania season. Hey, man, let me tell you something. Becky Lynch, 
might mess around and have a better Batman voice than Christian Bale did. Let me just throw that out there. She was she was on point with that. Because at first I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, you know, Seth's doing the dancing. Then I heard the voice. And I'm like, who is that? Then I saw the man. And I said, okay. So, hey, shout out to Becky Lynch. That was pretty good. Yeah, there's a, we got the Miz and Maurice doing Top Gun. Uh, yeah, I just, these are, these are classics. I'm glad they're bringing them back. These were some of the best uh, kind of hype videos that they used to do. I, I'm enjoying these. Yes, I peeped some Rhea Ripley during Hannibal Lecter, perhaps, which mm. was very random, and Goodfellas for the bloodline, which is very, very fitting for what's going on with them right now as well. So I cannot wait to see all the trailers drop heading into WrestleMania season as we move on to our next matchup, which is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, a technical masterpiece, Scott, that you can break down in maybe one minute or less. So I'm going to break this down real quick. Suplex, uh, German, Spear, F5, Spear, F5, German. Uh, all those moves happened in the match, just not in that. Oh, low blow, low blow. Uh, all those moves happened, just not in that order. Throw a hurt lock in there, and that's your match. I mean, why? I, I, I you should have just put this on Raw and tried to pop a rating. I mean, what are we doing, man? Like, the crowd was so hot for Brock Lesnar, too. Babyface Brock. They love Bobby Lashley still as one of the best entrances in wrestling. I I don't get it, man. Like, and, you know, the weird thing is Bray Wyatt just – and that's it for the match. Like, I, I don't have anything else to say about the match. So, I'm going to talk I, – I don't have nothing to say about the match. This match gets a tear for me just from the crowd because they were hot for it. Uh, a tear for me. But – you know, Bray Wyatt challenged the winner of this match after him and Uncle Howdy, Uncle Bo Howdy, um, had a tag team match against against Hit Row. So I'm trying to figure out, are we setting up to get Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt and Uncle Bo Howdy at WrestleMania? Like, what, is, what are we doing here? First of all, when Bray Wyatt, and I've kind of jumped off the train, to be completely honest, when he opened his mouth on Friday Night SmackDown in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, at the Bell Center, same building as last night's show, and he said he wanted the winner of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, <laughs> I was like, um, uh, nobody wants that. I don't want that. I don't want that for Brock or Bobby. So... I hope both of them lose. Unfortunately, we got a DQ. Bobby won by default. So congrats, Bobby. You've won the Bray Wyatt sweepstakes, I think. This is horrifying. I do not want a tag team involving Brock and Bobby versus Bray and Uncle Howdy. Uncle Bo Howdy. I don't want that. Who thinks, Triple H, who thinks that Bray Wyatt versus Brock or Bobby is a good idea for WrestleMania? Who the fuck wants to see that? Not me. You know, may, maybe it's just me and, and, and I'm still in my Black History Month mode. But I don't know if I really want Duck Dynasty taking Bobby Lashley out in the woods. and where, You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'm a fan of all that. You know, because like, I just, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I just don't think that's the best idea. But seriously, like, even if like Lashley would have won, what were we going to do? The Hurt Business versus Bray Wyatt and his six personalities? Uncle Uncle Bo Howdy. I guess we were going to get the uh, the other guy that showed up and hasn't come back around. I'm sure he's got a couple of other people that were supposed to show up. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. 
I can't imagine Bra- like Brock Lesnar going for this. So uh, what was the point of the tease? And then we don't get a clear cut winner. I I don't know. I don't, I don't have nothing else to say about this. This was this happened. The crowd was hot for it. I'm sure they were disappointed, but they were like, we still got Sammy later. So Brock got his heat back. He destroyed Bobby Lashley. He stayed getting he stayed whooping up on Lashley though. This is personal for him for some reason. It's very personal for Brock Lesnar. Like it's personal for Michael Jordan with all of his beefs. And he F5'd him two times. He F5'd the referee twice. Like that has to be a final suspension. And Brock walks away. He's very proud of his handiwork. And I'm scared once again because Bray Wyatt is hovering in the background. And I don't know what he's going to do heading to WrestleMania. I do not want to see him against Brock or Bobby. So I'm just in confusion right now. I rather have, I rather would have wanted to see Brock versus Gunther or Bobby and Brock, Gunther or something like that. Any combination at WrestleMania, throw in Drew and Sheamus. Give me a fade of five way over. What the hell you have in store for me regarding Bray Wyatt? And I was on the train for months and then I hopped the fuck off at the Royal Rumble because I was done. Yeah, I I mean, there's not much more you can do. I unless you're just gonna turn Bray Wyatt heel and the whole and we just get to see Brock and Lashley suplexing them. But like you said, nobody wants to see them teaming up. If anything, I'd rather see them have another actual match since they're now technically one, one, one and one. Like no nobody's ahead. They're one, one, one and one. I don't count that DQ as a win. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It just seemed like a waste. This feud has been underwhelming. We wanted this for a very long time, but it's been very mm, to me. A one, one and one, one record is worse than a tie in the NFL at this point. And hopefully it ends at WrestleMania minus Bray Wyatt, but knowing what they teased, we're going to get it. And I'm scared. Well, that's what Bray Wyatt wants. So mission accomplished. Wonder's going to sponsor this match, M&M's. Hey, now let me tell you this, though. I'm not going to knock WWE. If some if they're going to pay them a million dollars to do a match, I'm not going to knock them for doing the match. I, I can't knock them for getting taking a million dollars to do a 10-minute match. It's just, I just know it's not going to be good. And at least LA Knight won't be involved. Now, there is that idea of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch sponsorship. Is this the match? <laughs> <laughs> and what exactly is is pray? What type of match are we gonna have? What is it gonna be? Cinnamon toast on a pole match? The the milk's gonna be on the milk's gonna be hanging above the ring, and then the, the cinnamon toast is gonna be on a pole, and you gotta climb the ladder to get the milk. I mean, to get the cereal. And the, the Uncle Howdy, Uncle Bo Howdy's got to get the 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 milk from the pole. I, what 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 they gonna do? How they, what they gonna do with that? There's gonna be a pool. Of cinnamon toast crunch, like the mimosa pool. Yes, you got to go in for the win. You have to do like little backstrokes in the cinnamon toast crunch. You have to you have to throw your opponent in the cinnamon in the pool full of cinnamon toast crunch. Then pour milk, and then stir. This is reminding me of the 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 Stephanie McMahon Vicky Guerrero angle where she Mm -hmm. threw in that tub of mud, except it's all cinnamon toast crunch. Yummy. I can't. That's an wait. awful idea. Don't let's not put that into existence. <laughs> Either that or Golden Grams at this point. <laughs> I'll take it. 
I'll take it. Hey, listen, man. If they go give me a million, I'll do whatever they want me to do for 10 minutes. Agreed. Okay, first of all, if it happens that way, because we're going to be doing the show like probably at 2 o'clock in the morning, I will have a bowl of cereal and I will eat it and review the match <laughs> on the air. Y'all go get a plug too. Can't beat mm-hmm. that. Sponsorship and live eating. Can't beat that on the wrap. So... Scott, we've delayed it. You gave this thing a star or a tier out of five. That's right. Am I, okay. So I'm going to give this the same score, a tier and a half, because the crowd cared to a point. But yeah, I am completely over this feud now, and I'm worried about Bray Wyatt getting involved and Serial playing a role at WrestleMania. But if it's millions of dollars getting doled out, do it. I don't care. Night one or night two. I'll eat cereal on the air to compensate for what we're going to see at WrestleMania in six weeks. But that was the match. I was underwhelmed. I was not satisfied. And this feud must continue heading into the biggest show of the year. As we move on to Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. And Edge gets this raucous ovation from this Montreal crowd. They sing his theme song. I always love that for him. And With all due respect to Edge, who I love, his hair needed moisturizer in the worst (laughs) possible way. What happened to his hair? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) that man said, I don't have time for that. Yeah, his hair was real dry. Like it looked like if he he tried to it looked like if he tried to comb his hair, he would rip out every single piece of hair in his head in one big knot and so he was like listen man i don't have time to put no shampoo in it i gotta go out there he should have just poured a bucket of water on his head but let me tell you this though beth phoenix getting cheddar biscuits (laughs) just saying listen the way that beth and Rhea carried this match should be commended Mm. they did the work in this match and i want beth back for like at least a couple of more singles matches because she still got it her and Rhea had this clothesline battle and they would not budge and she's like bitch hit me harder and they're still going at it and they would not be able to knock each other down at one point which i loved then we got prison dom causing shit at ringside and the fans don't care for Dom. There's a fuck you Dom chant and it's giving me so much life as Corey Graves, which I, which I got to say his best work is repping Dom's prison stint. And he talks it up every time and I enjoy it. And at one point we have um, Dom trip Beth on the top rope that allows Rhea to gain the advantage and Edge is going to chase Dominic to the back and the fans are doing the na na hey hey goodbye song and then Dom comes back <laughs> and, these, and this crowd hates him all over again so Dominic Mysterio is an absolute heat magnet and I love that for him and one of the best things I've seen in WWE over the last six months is Dom figuring out how to be a heel and getting over at the at and getting over at the exact same time. Yeah, he's doing the little things and you know, he's he's playing to it. He knows how much people hate him, so he's just acting like this uber tough guy even though he's getting his tail handed to him all the time. So yeah, he's he's doing great with it. The crowd was fantastic and I agree with you and I I, I said this in our Discord uh Come join our Discord, by the way. We have a lot of fun, a lot of good conversations over there. Um, 
I said that, and this this might be this is as close to an inter a real intergender male versus female that we might get in WWE. I mean, we had women power bombing men. It was this was this was really a lot a lot of fun. Beth Phoenix does look great. Bring her back. Let her go after Bianca after WrestleMania. Let let her go after Chad. Like I think that would be a two powerhouses like that. Like yeah, I agree with you. Beth definitely still has some gas left in the tank if she ever wants to do it. I am surprised that they lost this match though. Like Rhea Ripley and, and Finn. I, I'm I'm shocked that that happened. Especially, you know, you would think the momentum would be built for Rhea to get the win going forward, but the the grit couple is undefeated. They are. And another highlight was Beth delivering a superplex to Rhea Ripley off the top rope from the post, which is really good. You mentioned the double powerbomb spot that Rhea and Beth powerbombed their dudes at the same time. That was core strength and craziness. And eventually we got Beth Phoenix who avoided the concerto thanks to Dom causing trouble once again. And she is going to hit the, the glam slam on Rhea Ripley. She's out of this match. And then Finn Balor is going to counter Edge, land a sling blade. But then Edge is going to counter the dropkick into a spear. And then the finish of this match was really cool as Beth and Edge hit, of all things, a shatter machine mm. on Finn Balor for the win. Somewhere FTR popped a couple of cold ones and smiled because that was pretty badass. Yeah, I, I I didn't see that coming from the finish. Uh, Edge hit a hell of a spear too, by the way. It a lot of fun. This is this is a lot of fun, man. The crowd elevated this match. I thought Beth looked good, Rhea looked good. Again, I'm still shocked she lost, but yeah, that that shatter machine was nice. And Beth was just tossing Finn around, man. She was tossed. She was bullying that boy. She clotheslined him off the apron. Just bullying that man. Body checked him. I loved it. It was great. I really enjoyed this match. Fun mixed tag team match. Great atmosphere. And the right team won for me. I think this match served a purpose to forward things into WrestleMania because I think we're going to get Brood Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor at WrestleMania. That would be a nice way to wrap up this feud. I would love to see it. And they have great chemistry when they work together. So that's a nice way to cap off the feud if they're going to go in that direction heading into WrestleMania in six weeks time. You know, I was talking earlier about Bailey and Becky having nothing to do. Let me get Bailey versus Beth Phoenix, man. I mean, they neither one of them got nothing to do because I think you're right about the Brood thing and and Finn Balor. So that'd be good. I'd love to see that match. This this gets a uh, three and a half tears out of me. I would give it also three and a half tears. Really fun match. Enjoyed it and. We need Bailey and Becky to do something at WrestleMania away from Bianca Belair and Oscar. Right. Right. I don't want shoehorn people into these matches. Please don't do it, WWE. If you didn't earn if you didn't earn your way into the match at the Elimination Chamber, I don't want to see you at WrestleMania in this matchup. Find them something else to do. I beg of thee. Please, Trish and Lita, come back if you're healthy to do so. Help us help you. Uh, I'm cool with that too. You know, whatever. As long as you keep them away from the title picture and as long as they have a match, I'm good. Agreed. And uh, I miss Thick Lita. That's all I got to say about that. Piper's right there. If you need somebody to tangle, you need a dance partner. That is true. And she's getting her heat back on Monday nights as well. So there, there are options to help us avoid a shoehorn situation at WrestleMania. Hopefully Triple H figures it out in the next few weeks. As we move on to, in my personal opinion, the best match 
on the show in terms of holy shit, all of this happened. It was the men's elimination chamber match for the U.S. championship. It was Austin Theory, the U.S. champion versus Montez Ford, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins. And let me say off top, because I'm a fashion person on this show sometimes, Montez Ford. When this dude came out in that jacket and that crown and those tights, I was like, his singles era has arrived and he looked clean as hell. He looked like a superstar. Looked like the Fresh Prince of uh, WWE. And uh, I'm definitely, I'm almost certain that an assist goes to the, the queen and EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, for that outfit. I'm almost certain she probably had a hand in putting that together. You know, they she'd be designing a lot of his stuff. Uh, Montez, man, he looked great. I that guy, he is he's got everything going for him, and that crowd reaction I thought was very telling. They were completely with him. This is supposed to be the quote unquote death spot of the show, anyway. Right before the main event, right, and the crowd was right with him from the jump. You could tell. And even Corey Graves was alluding to, like, you feel the atmosphere here? It feels a little bit different from Montez. And it really came down to how he carried himself like a star of the highest order. And he showed out in this match. And he let everybody know, my time is coming very soon. And the fans are ready for it. I kind of thought to myself, would they pull the trigger on him tonight? It would be a lovely surprise, but it was a nice teaser of things to come. But let it be known that this match was a showcase for all six guys. And five out of the six our former NXT champions, whether tag team, North American, or NXT straight up. This was a showcase of OG black and gold, and I loved it. Austin Theory is a champion. He was not a champion on NXT, but champions galore. And I thought that Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins set the tone beautifully. Their work together was amazing. Their chemistry was electric, and I want more. Yeah, give me give me fifteen to twenty minutes of them on a raw match, just because I think they'll. I mean, that's that's something I could have. And yeah, everybody in that match is a former NXT standout. If any, you know, as, if we can be honest about it. And Triple H, since he's essentially taken over, has really shown that all these matches. This is what I could do with these matches if I put my guys in there. These are all his guys. These are all guys that Triple H has you know pushed to the top during his time in NXT. All all of them at some point have been a top guy or one of the top guys and it, this this was to me this was a Triple H showcase right here. This is all his people and the match was excellent, man. The, you it's you can't even go over everything that happened. Like you just you just remember the big moments. Johnny Gargano, Hurricane Rana, Seth Rollins off the top rope, a reverse Hurricane Rana on the freaking Bronson Reed. Who that's another guy who had a really good showing. It should have been a great showing. You know they did the they did the big monster elimination where everybody teams up on them. They had a nice. Real nice triple super kick spot with, I think it was Montez, Johnny, and Seth. And they were all just laying kicks on Bronson. Um, I, I mean, this was a a really high-paced match. I talked about the pacing of the women's match. This one was that and some. And, they, I mean, this had big spots all over. Montez is climbing up the cage. You got Montez hitting big frog splashes. Austin Theory played his role really, really well as the champion. This was just a really good match all around. And Seth Rollins, I mean, what more? 
like can he do or does he need to do like that guy is is incredible i know people already are giving him his flowers but i i think he deserves more like he from from my money he's got to be top three to five at the at the worst and going right now he is incredible and was absolutely the glue of this match going bell to bell he's awesome and don't even get me started on logan paul who had a a almost a perfect buckshot lariat by the way i'm just i'm just saying like i feel like he's doing that just to show people like all right look i'm just showing y'all i can do this at this point this man is like liquid gold with the buckshot lariat it's like no chill i got this we'll get to him shortly because i said this last month starting value for seth rollins versus logan paul five stars okay that is the bar and they're going to clear it i believe at wrestlemania their match is going is going to be incredible i firmly believe that but shout out to the spots you shouted out was the gargano seth um hurricanrana off the pod but also the freaking heart attack into a goddamn porn of poison rana to bronson reed yes <laughs> what? Yo. Then you got then you got Montez coming off doing blockbusters off of Seth Rollins power bombs. Oh, and I got to shout out Damian Priest. I again, this I thought the layout of this match excellent. Everybody got a chance to shine. Um, I, I mean, literally everybody got a chance to really take over and shine. This was I thought this was a great match, man. Just I can't say enough about it. We got to talk about Montez Ford scaling the chamber like Spider-Man. And he hung upside down and dropped and popped everybody. Like, dude was on one last night. Then on top of that, Scott. Now, granted, the chamber has very little give, very little spacing, too. He doing flip dives on Rollins and Theory. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? Hitting his feet right off the chains and bouncing right up. Like, this this dude is just bouncing right up, popping right up, going back and forth. Hey, Montez, Montez put on a star-making performance tonight as far as I think anyone who doubted him as a top guy or maybe just didn't think he could do it as a singles, I thought tonight really silenced any of that. And I think... You know, you got two singles guys in Montez and Angelo Dawkins. Like, let's not sleep on Dawkins. Dawkins is proven he's ready to go too. So, I, I'm curious to see what their plans are at WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind them doing the Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio thing, and they have a nice singles match one on one at WrestleMania. I, I think that would be an interesting match for those two, and I think the crowd would be into it too. But I know that's down the road. Montez looked great tonight, though. He was so great. Like, listen, this dude did a flip dive in a goddamn chamber. How? <laughs> How? And he kept bouncing back. I loved it. Then not only that, he pinned two people in this match. He did the Trooper Super Kick. Then he landed the splash after Rollins hit the curb stomp on Bronson Reed. That was the first pinfall. Then he helps Seth with the blockbuster on Damian Priest. Second pinfall. This guy is on a roll. And then eventually John Gagano lands one final beat on Austin Theory. But then he gets eliminated, unfortunately. By in this match, by I believe he was eliminated by I want to say Priest, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, Johnny Gargano was eliminated by Priest. Okay, just want to be sure about that. And then it comes down to Theory and Seth Rollins in this match because what happened was Seth curb stomped Montez Ford, who was on a great run, and then Theory cleans up the work by pinning Montez. So Montez sells. 
being concussed. And we're kind of scared. Like, what the hell is going on here? And Scott, to shout out my GH people, my GH mutuals also love WWE. And they thought Montez was legit injured. And they were like, what's happening? And I was wondering that too. <laughs> is this a serious situation? Because it took a while for him to get up. And my mutual's like, what's going on? Is he all right? So we get some medical personnel in the ring to help him out. And then he's standing up and then he falls. And they're like, oh my God, they're freaking out. So I'm like, I think he's selling y'all. I think he's selling. I'm a little worried too, but I think he's all right. And then we get the moment that made it all make sense. Logan Paul appears. And like Scott said, let me just hit you with this buckshot lariat with absolute (laughs) ease. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just hit you with this buckshot lariat. Hang man, how you doing? Then he's so disrespectful to Seth. Let me hit you with your finisher too. Let me curb stomp you and let me roll out. And listen, after he hits these moves, like he's got this little bounce to his step where he's like, yeah, I just did that. He must have heard that uh, CM Punk was at the at the New Japan show <laughs> down the road and was like, oh, word. Hey, Phil, you remember you remember what happened last time you did this? Look what happened when I do it. But Logan Paul is I, I, people I, I don't know. anybody. I can't think of it. I don't know how you cannot respect this man's hustle as far as the wrestling game goes like he's he's got the little things down he hits the move he plays to the crowd when he hits Seth's moves he hit a big like oh did I do that like this I I love this one more spot I want to bring up that I I thought might have been might have been the most impressive spot of the entire match Austin Theory goes to lift Bronson Reed doesn't Mm -hmm. get him up and then that boy just says, nah, I'm picking you up and just deadlifts this man on his shoulders and starts walking around with him. I was like, all right, Austin, you a bad boy, too. Like everybody had moments, man. And like, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting another big one, but I I had to shout that one out. That might have been one of the most physically impressive moments of the match. And he was about to slam him. Yes. He was about to slam him. He Daytown down him. With ease, by the way. Once he got him up, he was like, all right, I got you now. Once he got him up, he was about to just start walking around with him like Ryback used to do them jobbers back in the day. (laughs) A a Ryback shout out on this show. (laughs) I don't listen. You know, you know, I'm feeling good when I'm shouting out the Ryback. (laughs) Not the Ryback. The Ryback. (laughs) The Ryback, like the Batman. Oh, my God. So he gets a shout out in 2023. I almost shouted him out by accident during our throwback Elimination Chamber review show. And then you told me, nope, that's the pre-show. We ain't covering that. (laughs) No, listen, we can shout him out, but we ain't ain't watching his matches. (laughs) We, We can shout him out, but we are not watching his matches. We're not giving that man an ounce of credit, but we gave him nah. some tonight. So congratulations, Ryback. You're relevant for two minutes on this show. Congrats to you. But another shout out to Bronson Reed before he got eliminated. He was on one, two. He did a double follow slam to Gargano and Rollins at one point, which was really impressive. I thought Bronson Reed did the damn thing last night as well. And then Theory is going to pin Rollins with A-Town down to pick up the victory tainted wise thanks to logan paul's assist who was taunting rollins through the chamber like hey i got you na 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 i got you so 
I loved this match. This was probably one of my favorite chamber matches of all time. Everybody showed up big. And I thought this was Montez Ford's coming out party as a guy that I think I would earmark it. He's going to win Money in the Bank this year. Wow. I I definitely think he's one of the favorites. I would say him and L.A. Knight. I think L.A. Knight's definitely one of the guys to keep an eye on, too. But I I don't think you're wrong about that. He's got to be one of the people you, you definitely think is one of the favorites to win it. Um, yeah, this match was great. I think this might have been one of the best chamber matches in a while. I think... You know, I think of the the chamber match where Edge took Kofi's place and it was him and Ray as the final two. That's a great chamber match. Um, but yeah, this is definitely going to be up there. I I might be overrating this right now, but I gave it four and three quarters, four and three tiers, four and three quarter tiers for me for this match. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and and don't 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 sell Logan Paul short on that taunting he was doing. He was climbed up halfway up the cage. <laughs> with his face through it as he's taunting Seth Rollins. Don't sell that man short. I have very mixed emotions about Logan Paul as a person. Oh, it's me so too. Conflicting. It is incredibly conflicting. But as a professional wrestler that has great respect for this business, I love him as a professional wrestler. He'll get Cheddar Biscuits out of me. Okay, I'm shallow, and he's really good at this. I'm and shallow. I am. He's a good-looking guy. He's a piece of shit as a human, mostly. But I can appreciate the fact that he is dedicated to this. And for the first time, he realizes, hey, guess what? I'm the bad guy. I'm the villain. And he's leaning into that. And he, and I like the fact that he's no longer trying to, I want to be loved. It's great to be loved, but you're a natural asshole. But the thing is, when you go in there and put in work, people respect you. And that's the caveat. If you go in there and you do your thing and you hit buckshot Larry's with ease, you're going to get respect from the people. You're not going to be beloved, but you will always get that credit from the people because you don't short change shit and as a celebrity coming and doing that i will respect you forever and you will get cheddar biscuits out of me all day hey i ain't mad at that he i i people people may think you're 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 crazy for saying that five star is the, is the the bottom for that match i think i think you might be spot on listen i said it once i'll say it again as a pr- pretty big miz fan anyone who can carry the miz to a four star match has a mm-hmm. good chance of getting five stars having a dance with Seth Rollins on the biggest stage possible. We also have to take this into consideration as well. The Miz, that was a miracle. Four stars. Then he ups the ante against Roman Reigns, the crown jewel. That's four and a half stars. Come the on next now. value is five stars. And it's Seth fucking Rollins, <laughs> one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation who is going to pull out shit from Ring of Honor for this match. He's going to be on one. And you got Logan Paul, who's got hops for fucking days. You think these two guys ain't gonna pull Omega and Osprey on y'all asses at WrestleMania? I, I see them trading frog splashes from the top rope to the announce tables. I see them each doing one. Maybe maybe Rollins does like a maybe I can see Logan Paul doing like a freaking elbow dropper or something crazy too. Like they're gonna do any and everything that they can think of because they're like, listen, Logan Paul is a celebrity. He can get away with doing any and every move. I mean, look at what he's doing. He's doing buckshot lariats. 
who else does that? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I, I can't wait. This is going to be a great match. This is going to be bonkers. We're going to have Phoenix splashes, <sighs> shooting star presses, <sighs> super hurricanas. We're definitely <laughs> getting dives. the spring. We're going to get that springboard spot probably. And that's going to be great. Oh my God. This match is going to be egregious and they're going to show their asses. I'm telling you right now, people, we're not overselling this because we know what both guys can do. And this is the true test for Logan Paul because you're having an athletically gifted guy in Seth Rollins matching you perfectly. Insanity. You know, I I know we need to move on, but when, how often do you think about a celebrity and like, man, this match is going to be so good. Like, a celebrity that you want to come back and have matches with good wrestlers because you know how good the match can be. Like any other celebrity that when they said they'd be matched up with Seth Rollins, you'd be like, man, that's a waste of Seth Rollins. But with Logan Paul, it's like, what a great use of Seth Rollins who can get a great match out of Logan Paul. I I mean, that's that's a testament to Logan Paul, man. Like him versus him doing that level of main event with Roman and being that good in that spot is nothing to sell short either. So, yeah, I, he's he's earned the spot. Like he's he's done more than what he's needed to do to earn where where he's at as far as what who he's facing and all that. I, and honestly, if Seth Rollins would have won this match, I wouldn't have been mad if it would have been for the U.S. title. Me neither. I think they would have delivered for that championship at WrestleMania, but one-on-one is going to be really good, and they're going to steal the show either night of WrestleMania. I firmly believe that. That will and not be on the night with Roman, because you're right. No, no. It, it can't be. It's got to be night one. Let them handle their business on night one. Because yeah, it won't be topped. And I just think that what you said is true. Like, when do we ever hype up a celebrity for a match and be excited? And I love Pat McAfee and I enjoy Bad Bunny. But to me, Logan Paul is on a different level. He is a natural at this and he just gets better every single match. And Seth Rollins, for me, outside of what he did with Ricochet at the Warrior Rumble, that's a dream for me because I know they're going to deliver something special. Amen to that. All right, now we've hyped up Logan Paul and Seth Rollins as if it is the actual main event of WrestleMania, and it is not. (laughs) It is not the main event. In my head, it might be, because I know what they're going to do, but the actual main event, as it stands right now, is Roman Reigns versus Cody for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Could that change? Hmm, via this main event, we shall determine as it was Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Samantha Irvin is the best ring announcer in the game today. The way she just added to this match was fantastic. But let's talk about the atmosphere. Roman Reigns comes out first and he is universally booed out of the building. We get fuck you Roman chants off top in beat with his theme song, which was rude, but I loved it. And then Sami Zayn comes out to his OG NXT to his OG NXT theme music, which I have been hoping for for so long. He played it on SmackDown the night before the pay per view or PLE, I should say, and he was so over. And last night he was even more over via this music. They sung to him. He was very emotional, and it was just a moment to just have those guys stand across from each other for four minutes and soak in the atmosphere of these of this crowd going 
fuck you Roman to ole 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 for Sami Zayn. Yeah, shout out to the ring announcer. She did a great job. Um, I I saw some some negative feedback for her, but I I thought she was excellent. I you I was watching her when she started announcing, and she was pulling that straight from her from her belly, man. You could great job. Um, the they spent the first five at at least five minutes of this match just letting the crowd get it all out. I thought Roman's facials were great. I thought Sammy showed the great fire at the perfect times when he needed to. Uh, this match was it was there wasn't a and there wasn't a ton of big moves. A, you know, it, the crowd just elevated everything that happened. Every move that happened in this match was elevated because the crowd just sold everything. It was this. I mean, this the energy that that they had. I mean, I don't think they've had Romans had energy like this since probably Drew, and this felt bigger than Drew. Uh, and Drew Drew felt incredible in his home, like his hometown. Like this was an awesome atmosphere, an awesome setting, and I, you know, I think Sammy and Roman delivered something special. They took their time at the beginning when the match finally did get started. Like they had a lockup. And the crowd started just clapping, cheering. Let's go, let's go, let's go. The crowd never died down when they were cheering, like when they were just chanting things at the beginning. Love that they sang Sammy to the ring. Sammy took his time, soaked it all in. And, you know, when Roman comes out, normally there's a shift in the energy. And there still was, but it's more like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's Roman. I can't wait to see him. Cell phones are out. People are, like, excited. Not tonight. Not, not last night. It was... When Roman came out, it was, yo, we hate you. We need you to lose. We know you're supposed to win, but we still want you to lose. We believe you can lose. You're going to lose. We hate you tonight. And I mean, this really felt like an entire country against one man. It was, this was great. I, you, you couldn't ask for more. Well, maybe a little bit more, but we'll get to that at the end. But this is a great, great setting. Great, great start to the match. It was. It was incredible to see Sammy. And he's giving me Mick Foley vibes from the year 2000 when he was facing off against Triple H for the WWF Championship. Just his face, his emotion, the gravitas of the moment was so big for him. And the fans adored him. And he was the baby face in peril, fighting from underneath. Every time he had an opening for offense, the fans loved him. Let me close Iron Roman out the ring. Let me hit a flip dive. He was on his shit. And then for the first time ever... We saw Sammy's wife in the crowd and Roman Reigns being ever the asshole is saying we were family. He broke up the family. Like, what is this? Fast nine? We family? <laughs> like, what are we doing, Roman? We family. Like, he broke up the family. I was trying to help you. I was trying to make his life better. Like, Roman is the greatest shit talker in the game today. And I thought that Sammy's wife did a great job at ringside just trying to sell the emotional weight of this moment as well with those cute kids at ringside as well. Yeah, every, I mean that's that's what Roman does, and he definitely Roman definitely embraced it. He must have saw the fast trailer before he came out because he was definitely all about family. It's all about family. Maybe he's got a cameo in the movie. I don't know if I saw him in the trailer or not, but um, yeah, and he his trash talking throughout the match. That's what makes that's what makes Roman not having a real flashy move set 
you know, acceptable and okay because he's he's doing so much without doing moves. Like he's walking around the ring, telling the crowd to be quiet when he when he hits a big move. He's shushing the crowd, little things like that. So then, when you do hit a big move, when you hit that flying clothesline, it means something. You know, like anybody else hitting that flying clothesline, it's just a basic move. But coming from Rome, because then he starts walking around and talking to you. I love that that arrogance, that cockiness. Um, and Sammy showed great fire too. Like, and let's let me let me give a shout out to Roman for this match tonight or last night. He this guy took some bumps that you probably didn't expect. He took two, maybe actually it might have been it was either two, at least two, but it might have been three exploder suplexes into the turnbuckle. I wasn't expecting him to take two of them. Sammy tossing that boy around. This is, I mean, the crowd is with everything, and Sammy. He delivered a slap to Roman Reigns that that thing echoed throughout. I, you thought Kevin Owens busted the eardrum. Yeah, I felt like Sami Zayn broke that man's jaw with that slap. But this is this is a really good match. The only thing I wish I would have got was that close that uh, DDT through the the uh, the turnbuckle, but uh, Roman stopped that one. But this great match. And then uh, where was Solo? Solo was the only one who listened to Roman. I see, huh? He stayed in the back. He stayed in America. Apparently, he he didn't want to come in last night per Roman's orders. He stayed in the cut, and I think that was a good business decision by Solo. He was nowhere to be found. But I, too, was sad when he did not hit that DDT on Roman. Like, I wanted it so badly, but then Roman cut him off, and then the exporter suplexes into the ropes and hitting the halluva kick. And to me, the flaw in this match was one too many ref bumps. Two ref bumps in one match, that's a bit much for me. You're trying to add the drama and suspense of the Usos getting involved down the stretch. But the near falls, the sunset flip power bomb to Roman by Sammy, the blue thunder bomb as well. Sammy kicking out of a spear, surviving these beatdowns and interferences from the bloodline was everything. But then we get to the storytelling aspect of this match. So after ref bump number two, Someone appears, one Jay Uso. Yeah, Jay comes out and Jay's still got that that look on his face. Roman's got a chair out. Paul Heyman's like, they're all down. They're all down. Gets the chair. He's about to smash Sam. He's about to end this whole thing. And here comes Jay. You know, Jay's got a look on his face. He's like, hey, man, you know, what we doing? What we doing? And oh, before that, before that, we had Jimmy come out. And uh, or, or is this Jimmy came out before that, right? Or did Jimmy come out after? This is before, he right? Came out before. He came out before. Yeah, Jimmy comes out, and Jimmy then hit. J- Jimmy hits about six super kicks on Sammy, bouncing him off the ropes back and forth, looking like a freaking ping pong table. He then super kicked his face off. Hits a big splash. That was a great near fall as well. Um, and then, we, so we got that, we got that interference, then the two ref bumps. Um, but yeah, Jay comes out, he's conflicted. You can see the crowd's like, yo, what's about to happen right here? Roman's like, you know what? He gives Jay the chair. Jay's still looking like, man. And then we get the exact same setup as, bef- as, uh, Sammy when KO was down, except Sammy's down, Jay's behind him, exact same things, Roman's talking to him, and you think Jay's going to pull the trigger, then you see Jay kind of take a step back, so you think he might hit Sammy, then Roman turns around, smushes Jay in the face, and the crowd's like, oh! Jay's like, all right, you know, don't do that again. Smushes him again, the crowd gets louder, oh! 
Now, okay, so now the now the crowd's really into it. We don't know what's happening. Here comes Sammy out of nowhere. Spears Jay on accident went for Roman. Now he's conflicted. Roman comes back, hits a big spear. One, two, three. I don't know if I love the finish. I know we had to get there somehow. They protected Sammy, I thought, pretty well. He got to kick out of a lot. I didn't love that finish right there, but I, I knew we had to get there somehow. I wasn't really upset at the finish. I just, I didn't, I didn't love that finish. It was not the best finish for me. I love the aspect of Jay being caught in the middle once again. And I think that's another storyline thread heading into WrestleMania. Cause I know we're going to get the tag team match between KO and Sammy versus the Usos. We're going to get to the end of the show shortly, but it's still the confliction for Jay that I love because his story, I think, is going to culminate at WrestleMania, and it's going to come down to him making a business decision, whether he's still one half of the tag team champions or not. He is going to finally say to Roman, you can politely go fuck yourself. I'm the tribal chief now. Acknowledge me. And that is going to be another key WrestleMania moment for Jay. But I love this bromance so much between Sammy and Jay. It's such a beautiful little tale of Jay who hated Sammy, but he can't bear hurting him. He can't bear to see the guy in pain, but he loves his family too. But at the same time, he doesn't know what to do, but he will eventually. And you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I do kind of see that finish hat playing out as well. I can see it coming down to, you know, them at the end of the match and then Jay just turns around and kicks Jimmy in the face. But I, would he do that to his brother, though? You know, the brother that says, you know, Jay is going to show up. Would he do that to him? I, I want, or does, you know, I wonder what's going to happen to get to that. Again, these are good questions. These are good problems to have. These are things where people are intrigued and want to know the next chapter of the story. So uh, the Jay Uso aspect of this story is uh, so intriguing. And the, the relationship that is formed, that Sammy has formed with each of them individually because we already know what they're bringing together as twins, but then the, each individual relationship is so interesting. Um, I, I'm definitely intrigued where they're going. And I think that's the best possible thing you could do with six weeks to go. Exactly. Cause Sammy accidentally speared Jay, how he's going to react to that on SmackDown and how we're going to get to the tag team match. All of that is very intriguing. I don't see Jay flipping on Jimmy, but I sense that when they lose the titles, that will give Jay the incentive to finally walk away from Roman, which would be the secondary story that's going to play off during WrestleMania weekend. So, so Jay can finally be free from this because Sammy found a way out and Sammy has given Jay the opening to also free himself from Roman's shadow. But let's get to the end of the show, shall we? As it was Sammy Zayn down and out, Jimmy's on the beatdown attack on Sami Zayn. Jay is nowhere to be found. He has disappeared. He's not a part of the beatdown until one certain KO shows up. Kevin Owens returns after the violent beatdown at the Royal Rumble. He runs down and he is whooping ass accordingly. Stunner to Roman, stunner to Jay. Pop, not to Jay, but to Jimmy. Then a pop-up powerbomb to Jimmy through the announce table. And the time has come for... Kevin Owens to presumably get his revenge on Roman Reigns lying in wait, but Sami Zayn recovers and that enables Kevin Owens to make a business decision. He says, Sammy, this is your moment. Hit the halluva kick. Sammy does fans pop, but 
This is not a reconciliation between KO and Sammy just yet. There is still tension regarding this friendship that is fractured, and they got to find a way back to them. They have to find a way back to each other heading into WrestleMania. My only issue is that I don't want this to be drawn out for five weeks, and then we get the payoff one week before Mania. I need this done by early March. Well, first of all, Sammy definitely got his Luger moment at the end. Um, and I I don't know if you're going to get that. I think you're going to get the, the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose long-term payoff. They're going to finally shake hands or embrace maybe a week or two before. But then again, there's a lot more to this story. So you could get that in early March because then the next part becomes – how does Jay and Sammy, how did they go? You know, how does KO react to Jay? They're not, they're not on good terms. They're not friends at all. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here and you, you don't know what's going to happen as far as uh, the time frame. And I think that's an interesting time because that does, you do that in early March. Now you got enough time to weave some stories as far as Jimmy, does he trust Jay? You know, there's, there's a lot of questions that you got to ask and that's going to be a big one. So I think the sooner that gets resolved, because you, that's one that you can resolve pretty quickly because I think everyone's fully expecting it. They saved each other from big big downs. They gave each other a little bit of a look last night. I, I agree with you, actually, the more I'm thinking about it. Resolve that one because you have a lot of other threads that are going to have to get closed out. Agreed. And they're working out. I don't know how we're going to get to the tag team match because there's still some tension between Jay and Sammy after last night. It's going to be interesting how they get to where we need to go for WrestleMania. That has been my end goal since June of last year because I saw the vision on the KO show when KO read Sammy for being used by the bloodline. And we have been into this thing nine months deep. Best storyline of professional wrestling It's going to have a good ending at WrestleMania. I fully believe that it would not surprise me in the least that Sammy and KO main event night one of WrestleMania against the Usos for the tag team titles. And that would be something they can have over AEW, a tag team championship match headlining a pay-per-view. I mean, they've already headlined it with women, two black women. Now you need to go tag teams. And if if they do not close out night one of WrestleMania, which I think they should, and I, I mean, you've got the story built up, then they need to open night two and all the bloodline need, need to lose their titles on the same night. So, but I agree with you. They definitely need to close out. I think that story warrants it. I don't think there's another match that's even close to big enough to to main eventing, except maybe Rhea and Charlotte. And that depends on how you build that match. And that starts on Friday. But to me, right now, it's KO and Sammy versus Usos that is more fitting for the night one main event of WrestleMania. And to think where these guys were a year ago, Kevin Owens main eventing night one against Stone Cold Steve Austin to run it back to back with your best friend who was on a part of night two in the jackass match, which was highly entertaining. And to me, they thought this is our peaks. It, it can't get any better than this. It can main eventing night one is besties against the Usos. And this will be part one of the empire falling down for the bloodline. And then Jay ultimately turning on Roman during night two when he faces off against Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship because we know referees are taking bumps in that main event during night two. They get up the ante, three refs will take bumps, and then Jay will make the business decision to finally walk away from his cousin once and for all, and then he can restore his friendship with Sammy a short time later because I do love that relationship. 
Yeah, I think all that all that is is spot on um, as far as what's going to happen with that. And let's 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 not let's not you know let's not short the short the narrative. Ko, they they, people said that Ko and Sammy made a mistake a couple years ago when they re-signed with WWE, and like you said, now Ko is potentially going to be main eventing night one two years in a row, and Sammy Zayn is part of the biggest story in wrestling. So. I think they made a pretty good decision. Just, just my opinion. Your opinion's accurate. At one point, I was thinking KO get out a year ago when the booking was kind of shaky for him, but he made ultimately the right decision for himself, possibly main eventing back-to-back WrestleMania, Sami Zayn main eventing while, right alongside him. And for Sami Zayn especially, this dude is a legitimate ratings draw with or without Roman Reigns on TV. And I hope that stays the case because here's a test now. He's out of the title picture for now. And we'll see how the backup plan figures out for him in the next few weeks. I don't pay a lot of attention to Twitter noise because that's not what the audience at large believes. We go to last year's WrestleMania and we all said, trust us. We think it's going to be a good show. And we were proven to be right. So I cannot listen to the noise on Twitter that hated the main event because it's all about the fan reaction in the arenas and the TV ratings following up. If this was a fail, we'll know in a week or two. If they're still rolling with Sammy and they still love Cody, it's a win and we're on the road to WrestleMania. And I think it's the right decision because they're always one of the tag team match. No one expected Sammy to get this over. I love that for him. And maybe that opens some eyes to say maybe he could be a champion someday on the singles level with the big, big belt. I can see that now. We see the vision. We see what he can do when the chips are all on the line. And maybe Triple H will pivot one day. But right now, he has a vision for WrestleMania. He's going to stick to it. We'll see if there's blowback in the audience and TV ratings. And that, to me, would be the true metric versus what's happening on social media. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Like, I don't think there's any question when we get that very first face-to-face Roman and Cody face-off. It's going to be electric. Like, Cody and Heyman have done great things. Cody and Sammy did great things. I think we're going to get the same thing when we get that. Um, This match gets, it would have got four tiers, but I'm going to give it an extra quarter for the crowd. So four and a quarter tiers for me. I will also give this match four and a quarter tiers. Very good. Eh, Finish for me, but the story of the match was beautiful. Hot crowd. They loved Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn had a night. It was not perfect for him, but I think he's going to be all right heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. If things change on TV and crowd reactions, we'll see. But right now, I am still thinking very highly of Sami's position heading into WrestleMania in six weeks. Yeah, and I, I don't think well, I don't think anyone should be worried about Sammy or his position. And I I think there was a reason they did the Sammy Cody thing anyway. I think that is something they will run after WrestleMania sometime down the road, and that's something you can go back to for sure. Absolutely love their promo on Monday Night Raw, and I thought that was a great experiment to see. Hmm, two of the most over guys in the company talking about Roman Reigns. How will it go? I thought they both did fantastic, and the fans love them both. So, like I said, they're both beloved. We'll see how it holds up 
in the next few weeks as we head into the heart of WrestleMania season. But this wraps up a very entertaining Elimination Chamber PLE going down in front of a very hot crowd in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. They were heartbroken at the end, but their spirits were lifted when KO came out to make the save. But Scott, your final tier scale for this PLE in totality. I I really enjoyed this show. I'm gonna give it seven out of ten tiers. I I thought only one match under delivered and or didn't deliver at all. Actually, it was just kind of there. I thought the rest of them did. I thought the rest of them kind of over delivered. So yeah, seven out of ten for me. I will move this half a tier, seven point five tiers out of ten. I really enjoyed the show. Great opening match. The men's elimination chamber match just was an absolute serve. Brock and Bobby. I pray for y'all if you got to face Bray at WrestleMania. Rhea and Finn (laughs) and Edge and Beth was fun as well. And the main event was a blast. The atmosphere was electric. And I adore Sami Zayn. And his journey is not over. It's still in its beginning stages. He's going to be main eventing WrestleMania, presumably alongside Kevin Owens. And to me, that's a win. I wanted this for him for six plus months. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to be happy about it. Would I want more? Of course I do. But this is Triple H's vision. He's staying on course for now, and I got to respect it. Will it pay off in due time? We'll see. But for now, I'm okay with the decision. And I'll tell you what, this was much better as far as hometown home, hometown hero losing than they did with Tyson Fury coming out and singing his show tunes. <laughs> and even Drew says, I thought we were off the air singing Sweet Caroline. Like, we get it, Tyson. We know you like to sing in your matches or after your boxing fights. You know, we get it. But you win. You know what I'm saying? Take it from somebody who just watched LeBron James break the scoring record and lose the game. That's what that's what Sammy that's what Sammy's Angels did tonight. He broke the record and lost the game. I just remember how he read that last segment for Clash of the Castle back in September. All that goddamn singing. My, my, Miss American Pie, Sweet Caroline, all these American-ass songs, and we are fucking whales. You're across the border. Across the border, singing all these American tunes. And I love America. I'm American, but come on now, sing you some Beatles. Read the room. Read the room. Let's, Let's sing Sweet Caroline. Okay. We had fun reading that last segment, and Drew was like, are the cameras off? He was just like us. That dude, that dude said, wait a minute, Hunter, you had me embarrass myself out here with the cameras rolling? <laughs> you ain't tell me we was rolling this. I thought this was just going to be like extra footage you might put out later on for like a 24 special. Nope. Because they cut all the people for WWE 24. Now it's just WWE 12. <laughs> wait a minute. Can't even get tw- we can't even get WWE 6. We can't get nothing. No Chronicles, no 24. I miss that. I miss my documentaries on Peacock, damn it. There's a lot of stuff I miss when it comes to WWE Network material, but we won't even get started with that. At least the cock has the office. First of all, the cock. (laughs) Second of all, y'all going to start charging me in June. To hell with y'all, but I'm good. I'm going to enjoy my next few free months of the cock before I have to pay my four ninety nine. <sighs> I don't mind paying a dollar for the, I don't mind paying a dollar for the cock. Mm-mm. That's what she said too. See, now we're really at the end of the show. Now these are after hours and I was not 
expecting this. So we're going to end it right now. <laughs> As we put a bow on this episode of The Wrap, recapping the highs and lows from the Elimination Chamber right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank my co-captain, my right hand, Perky Scott Young. Did you remain perky this entire show? The whole time. Happy the whole time. Keela, it's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. I look forward to next week um, seeing how the story progresses. But this was a really good show. I I stayed perky the entire time, even after the Brock and Lashley abomination. (laughs) That's a record for you because normally you pivot midway through a show and you insulty enters the chat. But you were very good tonight. And as always, it's a blast talking to you about all things WWE. Really fun show as we are on that road to WrestleMania. Six weeks to go. A lot of fun shows ahead of us right here on the Fight Game Media Network. We'll be back next Monday morning recapping the week that was for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and all the news that will break as we are on that road to WrestleMania. Six weeks to go. So until then, enjoy the week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy everything that is to come when it comes to WWE. So for myself and for Perky Sky Young, that's a wrap on Elimination Chamber 2023. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.